When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. beloved welcome to another chapter of the book of sean it's good to see you people how you doing got a great show for you tonight we're going to have an interesting conversation with my sister rojana's here she's had an interesting interesting journey with love and with romance and relationships and with men and all of that and listen there's not a person on the sound of my voice that ain't had a little complicated scenario go on you know what i'm saying but in my sister's case it's not just about, you know, the actual relationship. It's also about what we get from it, right? Because sometimes a relationship can represent and mean different things to different people. And from what I've heard, relationships mean something particular to her. I want to learn about what that is. And I want to help her outgrow some of that. You know what I'm saying? And in doing that for her, I'm doing that for all of us. Because we all need to grow when it comes to loving other people whether we get validation from it, whether we're selfish with it, whether we are, whatever it is, we all need to grow. So we're all going to grow together tonight, all right? My sister's going to grow, you're going to grow, I'm going to grow, and by the time we're done, we're all going to be better. And we're going to feel better too, because you turned into the Buck of Sean. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later on. We're going to do some headlines. How about we get to play that bumper, Hiley? Hailey's been quick with it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Hailey or John or whoever just played that. All right. Let's talk about the January 6th committee. Rojana, you've been watching this? The January 6th committee. If you haven't been watching this, this is must-see TV, okay? It's so good that I tape it. <laughs> it's so good I tape it so I can watch this later. We've learned a whole lot of stuff watching these committee hearings, people. We've learned a lot. A lot's been going on. A lot of things we didn't know what was going on. How about this? We found out that Rudy Giuliani was running around the White House drunk on election night. Who knew? He was drunk, <laughs> inebriated, on election night in the White House. We didn't know that. Here's what we found out, too. The last hearing, we found out that General Michael Flynn and one of Donald Trump's White House lawyers, Eric Hirschman, almost got into a fist fight in the Oval Office. You can't make this stuff up, people. You cannot make this up. These folks in there cussing each other out and about to slap the hell out of each other in the Oval Office. <laughs> and you thought your family reunion was ghetto. You know what I'm saying? You thought, you thought your family was ghetto? Donald Trump's whole administration was ghetto. And he ain't even black. <laughs> it was ghetto. In there cussing each other out, fighting in the Oval Office. Huh? And then at the end of the last hearing, we find out Liz Cheney, Congressman Liz Cheney told us that Donald Trump apparently called, tried to call a witness, right? And that witness contacted the lawyer and the lawyer contacted the committee so that Donald Trump is trying to interfere with a witness. And I don't think it surprises anybody to hear that Donald Trump is trying to interfere with a witness because that's what Donald Trump does. You know, he's not, he's not satisfied with being in a hole. He's got to dig the hole deeper. He's, a, he's like, this hole isn't deep enough. Let me, let me make things worse. So I didn't just start an insurrection. Let me make things worse and tamper with witnesses. Of course Donald Trump did that because that's who he is, okay? But here's the part that I want you to understand. He's going to keep on doing stuff like this until somebody holds him accountable. He's going to keep breaking the law and he's going to keep pushing the law until somebody decides that, yes, a rich white man should be able to go to jail like everybody else. Donald Trump has done all kinds of illegal things. But here it is. If your cousin sold a bag of weed on the corner of 139th and Frederick Douglass in 2016, he'd already be in jail. But Donald Trump can start an insurrection and break all kinds of laws. And he's still running around Florida like he's the king of the hill. 
It's rough when you don't hold people accountable. When you don't hold people accountable, they get worse. Are you listening? Because I'm doing my good preaching right now. When you don't hold people accountable, they get worse. They don't get better. That goes for your children. That goes for your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, your boss, everybody. When you don't hold people accountable, they get worse. And that's what Donald Trump is doing. You know, I, um, I, 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 I've been watching these hearings, and I think the hearings are interesting. And, and, but at some point, and I'll leave it with this, we're going to have to explain to our children how it is we elected this man. At some point, the children of the future are going to ask us, what were you people thinking that you elected this crook, this immoral, decadent man, this narcissist, this sociopath, to be the most powerful man in the world. At some point, we're gonna have to give our children an answer to that question. And I have to admit to you, as of right now, I don't have an answer to that. Do you? Let's move on. Let's talk about Mo Farah, okay? Listen, Rajana, did you hear this story? Mo Farah is a runner in England, right? And uh, he recently told the world uh, that as a child, he was trafficked from Somalia to the United Kingdom and forced to serve as a domestic servant for a London family. And before we move on to the rest of this story, which I'm excited to, to, to really talk about, he, let me just say this. Shouldn't, shouldn't somebody be arresting somebody in a London family right now? You see the connection? Mo Farrow just told us he was trafficked to, from Somalia to the United Kingdom to be a domestic worker in, in, a, in the house or the home of a London family. And I'm trying to figure out how come nobody's knocking on the door of some London family <laughs> to put somebody in jail for that? But I digress. Mo Farah is a four-time Olympic gold medalist, and for years he had to lie about his identity because he was smuggled into the United Kingdom, trafficked into the United Kingdom. And can you imagine how it must, how it must have felt for him to be a world-class athlete and to have a part of his story that he can't tell anybody because he knows that if he tells people the story, he'll lose what he's built and what he's been able to accrue and acquire. Can you imagine? The, I mean, the, the, the fact that that man ever won a race is a miracle. He's a four-time Olympic gold medalist, and he's walking around with a part of his story that he can't share with anybody. The stress, the anxiety, the fear. The, and the world has been celebrating Mo Farah for years and we found out that that's not even his name. His birth name is, is Hussein Abdi Kahin. We've been celebrating Mo Farah, and that's not his name. You, 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 guys see the, you guys see the depth of this, the significance of this? When you carry around a heaviness and a part of you that you can't share with people, it will ruin you. It's a heaviness that no child should have to bear. Not for being trafficked, not for being, I don't know, molested, not for being gay, not for being whatever it is. No child should have to walk around with that kind of burden on them, so much so that the fact that you can match your colors is an achievement. And I know most of you don't know who Mo Farah is, and you probably don't even care who Mo Farah is. But here's the moral to this story. You think you know somebody because you see them every day, but the truth of the matter is, you probably don't know the people you see every day. There are probably things about them that you have no idea what's going on. There's a part of their story that you're ignorant to. And just because you talk to somebody doesn't mean you got them all figured out. That's the power of the story, man. If you really care about somebody, hear me. If you really care about somebody, then give them the security and the space that they need to tell you their real story. Make people feel safe in your presence that they would be able and willing to tell you the real story and not just the story that they tell people that they know they can't trust. You want to know what love is? That's love. Love is when somebody feels safe enough to tell you the truth. Lord have mercy. I'm cooking with hot grease. I'm trying to tell you. And that's the moral of the story because everybody has a story, but not everybody can share the story that they have. See, love is the ability for me to listen to your truth and listen to your story and not judge you or condemn you or ridicule you for how you got here. Love is when you can sit in my presence and I, I don't judge the path that brought you into the room. So you say you love people? Prove it. Let people tell you the truth. 
and then respond as if you love them. All right, I got a couple of more before we bring up my guest tonight. Let's talk about this American tourist, all right? There's an American tourist who was traveling around in Italy, and um, they were uh, hiking, hiking for, my, for my, uh, my producer, Jocelyn, who loves hiking. Black people are hiking now, okay? Black folks are hiking. When did this happen? We're hikers. Anyway, but there was, there was an American tourist who was hiking around Mount Vesuvius, and apparently he dropped his cell phone uh, that's Mount Vesuvius right there. See the crater? That's the crater of Mount Vesuvius. This is going to get interesting. He was, hiking, he was hiking around Mount Vesuvius over there, and he dropped his cell phone, and guess what he did? He fell in the crater. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. He fell in the crater. So apparently this 23-year-old man from Baltimore was hiking, dropped his phone, fell into the crater of Mount Vesuvius, and, um, and had to be rescued because he fell into the crater of Mount Vesuvius. Okay, let me say this, all right? This is why I'm doing this story. Okay, I know we love our phones. I love my phone, here's mine right here. I know we love our phones, but this is ridiculous, people, okay? This, now we've gone too far with these damn phones, okay? We've gone a little too far. When you're willing to fall into the crater of a volcano over your phone, something is wrong, okay? I love my phone, I need my phone, but I'm not willing to die for my phone, people. I'm not dying for this phone. If I drop this phone close to the opening of a volcano, you better believe I'm just going to get a new phone. <laughs> I'm just going to get a new phone, okay? I am not, I am not, I am not going to fall into a crater over this phone. There are a lot of people willing to do stupid stuff over phones. Y'all need to stop doing stupid stuff over these phones, okay? Because if you fall into the crater of a volcano, over a phone, there's something wrong with you. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing in this phone me, in this phone worth the trouble of me risking my life for. And apparently, this young man was on a path that he wasn't supposed to be on because the path that he was on was closed to the public, and um, because there was a danger that you could fall into Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? He fell into Mount Vesuvius, people. Is, is, was well known hundreds of years, 2000, almost 2,000 years ago for destroying a city. And here you are hiking around the opening of the crater and you dropping your phone falling into it. Apparently Italian prosecutors are still deciding if they're going to formally charge the man with trespassing. But I say even if they don't charge him with trespassing, they ought to charge him with stupidity. Because you fell into the crater of a volcano over your phone. <laughs> Here's the moral of this story. Sometimes you gotta let the phone go, okay? Sometimes you just gotta let it go. You gotta chalk it up as a loss and keep it moving because it just ain't worth it. It doesn't just apply to the phone, okay? Sometimes the things about your life are way too valuable for you to let them or let people or let scenarios push you to a place where you might lose your life. Love your life more than you love your phone. Okay, <laughs> let's do another one, people. Let's talk about Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is the governor of the state of California. On Tuesday, he signed a bill that cleared the path for gun victims uh, and violence uh, uh, victims who are uh, who are the who are the uh, recipients of gun violence uh, to sue companies that manufacture guns. This is interesting because a lot of times we get caught up in the effects of the bullets, but we miss the economics of the gun. Please understand that every gun that's made, every part of that gun is manufactured, and there's a company in the business that profits from every piece and part of that gun. From the trigger, from all parts of it, the, 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 the handle, all of it. We get caught up in the effects of the bullet, but we miss the economics of the gun. Shout out to Gavin Newsom for reminding us that there's an economic structure behind that gun. See, all, all, all of these companies who make guns have been running around saying, we're not responsible for what happens with them. We're not responsible. We make the guns. What people do with the guns is up to them. It's the same thing they used to say with tobacco, remember? Big Tobacco would say, we just make a product. If people don't have sense enough to use it, that ain't our fault. No, 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 no. If you make a product that you know might kill people and the product actually kills people, then you might be responsible for killing people. Huh? Because that's how that goes. You made a product that you knew could kill people, and then people died because you made the product. So guess what? 
you, you are liable, at least in part, for the death of those people. And it's about time that gun manufacturers get treated the way tobacco got treated. You're making a product that's killing people. Okay? That's what, it, in fact, the product that you made was made to kill people. <laughs> that's what the product does. I'm happy that Gavin Newsom is allowing people, finally, in California anyway, is starting to allow people to sue gun manufacturers. I, I think this is a big deal. Because you know why? I bet, I bet all the money in my pocket against all the money in your pocket that the moment one of these companies gets sued, there'll be less guns in America. Because these companies don't care about blood and guts and all that and death. You know what they care about? Money. And when you make it a lot less profitable for guns to be all over the place and for people to be slaughtered because of them, guess what's going to happen? When one of these manufacturers gets sued into oblivion, that's when there's going to start to be less guns in America. And maybe America will realize having 400 million guns is not a good idea. Shout out to the governor of the state of California and everybody who really is sensible about gun safety, gun ownership, and abhors gun violence. Because I'm telling you, if we don't do something about this soon, it ain't going to be the Russians that get us. It's going to be the person down the hall. <laughs> All right, beloved, let me take a break. My sister is coming up next. We're going to talk about her journey with men and love and all the things that go along with that, right? Because we all got a journey, people, all right? This is a no-judgment zone. I'm telling you all right now. This is a no-judgment zone, all right? We ain't going to judge each other because, you know, if I got into your story, you don't know what I would find. Anyway, we'll be right back with more of the Book of Sean right after this. Here's what I know for sure. All of us have a journey. All of us have a journey. We all have gotten here or made it here because we came from somewhere else, emotionally, psychologically, financially, and otherwise. And your journey affects who you are. Your journey sort of, you know, it allows you, it empowers you, but your journey can also disempower you. And many of the things you struggle with today, you might have picked up the struggle a long time ago. See, that's true for me, it's true for you, and it's true for my guest tonight. I can't wait to talk to her. Welcome to the show tonight, Rajana. How you doing, Rajana? Hi, Dr. Sean. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing great. I love your smile. I love your energy. Thank you for that. So, listen, I want to get right into it, okay? Um, because. Okay. I, I know that we're going to have a conversation about validation, right? We're going to have a conversation about the need for it. And I want you to feel safe because everybody watching, me, my man 2-3 over there, we have all have an area of our lives where we need validation, okay? We all have it. We just have it. Okay, your area is a particular area. So here's, here's my question. So what kind of validation do you most often seek after? Well, I'm seeking validation in men. And I think partly because I didn't have a male role model in my life. So that's why I'm here today. Mm, no, see that? But first of all, your energy, it seemed like it just felt good to say that. Did it feel good to say that? Well, it's like a release. Yes, that's, that's my point. That's my point. Because you know what? You shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Set, set, you, you free. set you free. That's what we're going to do tonight. And I, I saw in your face, as soon as you said it, I saw you breathe. Like you said, oh, it's good to get that well, out. Well, I think right now, I think right now it just feels like it's important, you know, and at some time in your life, you need someone that you can consult with on a more personal level to solve out your problems and what you're going through because we can't figure out everything on our own. Yes, 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 yes. So, so let's get into it. Tell me what Tell me what male attention does for you. Um, it's more like a high, you know, in such of a way, because it's like the togetherness, the way you're supposed to be when it comes to being loved and in a relationship. Mm, mm, mm. Let's go deeper, okay, because I, I like this. So, so when, when you're getting attention from a man, how does it make you feel? It's not really more so the attention. It just makes me feel like a, a connection, mm. you know, the way that love is supposed to be. Mm. Uh, me growing up with my grandparents, I've always seen them two together. So it's like the way love is meant to be. You know, sometimes love is blind, and I'll admit that, but it's more like the connection that I can see between the two. 
tell and, and so and so tell me how you feel love is meant to be because you because you use that term a couple of times so that, that seems like a very important concept for you tell me what tell me tell me your understanding of how love is meant to be a family ideally family mm. you know things that we can do together as one collectively um just being adults they can make decisions together with the family the children um just as I imagine it, the white picket fence, the beautiful home, everything that comes about when you're when you're in love and when you're in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked you this question just a few seconds ago. You kind of answered it, but you kind of didn't. So I'm gonna come back to it because I want you to own this. When you have that attention, you have that validation, and you have that sense of family. How does that make you feel? Like a million dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, that's it. So, so here's the opposite question. When you don't have that, when you're single, you're alone, you don't have the family, you don't have male company, male attention or validation, how does that make you feel? Alone. Mm-hmm. Alone. And when you say... Unwanted. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Say more. Say more. Unwanted. What else? Um, just at a standstill. Just in a situation to where it's like, you know, why? Honestly, why? <laughs> so, so when you don't have that, you're sitting around thinking, why? Why is he not here? Why don't I have the family? Why don't I have the image in my uh, uh, image of love in my life that I have in my head? Why? It, it's it's why is this happening to me, right? And the question is, what did I do wrong? Because mm. I know the type of person that I am. So, what can I do to to fix it? You know, I know what I present as a person, you know, so why is it being reciprocated back, if that makes sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Let, let, let me ask you this, all right, because I, I think you and I are connecting pretty well. And, and I, I, th- I think you're being very transparent and honest, and I, I love and appreciate that. Just, just I cannot tell you how much I truly appreciate that. But, but, but this is a hard question, okay? I'm just going to admit. Um, what's the most that you've done? to sort of either get someone's attention or keep someone's attention? I don't want to say I necessarily did anything that was outrageous, but when I owned my business um, before my my two year, my two and a half uh, year sentence in federal prison, um, I had like a lot of money and my significant other at the time needed a car. And uh, it's not bragging or boasting about it, but I was there to be of an assistance. Um, He was supposed to give the money back to me. I didn't mind. But he wrecked the car, and needless to say, I didn't get anything from it. Mm. So it put a very big gap on me. Well, that's a lot. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot. And and I'm assuming you weren't married, right? Uh, at the time, I wasn't, no. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, so, so my point is doing that for someone you're not married to, right, is, it, it, it is a significant move to make. It definitely is, and the way I was looking at it is trust. Mm. You know, I want to give an avenue of trust, not just the fact of doing something. You know, we had, like, a sound relationship. Uh, Rocky Rose, but I felt like this was the person that I could have trusted. And then you realized that you couldn't. And then you realize that it, it wasn't going to be that. And, 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 and what, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about him at all, but, but what, what did that do to you when you realize this, this wasn't going to be the family, this wasn't going to be what you were waiting for, what did it do to you? Uh, it, it really put a damper in trust dealing with other people. And it probably made like a very sticky situation going forward in other relationships. You know, not as trustworthy when it comes to situations like that. Um, being a bit stagnant, um, if you will, just being like a little bit more aggressive in the situation, you know, not that openness like I had before. Aggressive so, in what way? Aggr- aggressive in what way? How? Not necessarily aggressive, but, you know, past things that I've gone through, it's like I carried it along with me in different relationships. So it makes it harder for me to trust anyone going forward mm. or to even maintain stabilization in a relationship because it takes a lot, you know? And it's like from each one that I've had, it's like something little that triggers me from previous situations. I don't want to take the going forward on someone else who doesn't deserve that type of treatment. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I we, we take with us parts 
of the journey uh, sometimes that we should leave behind. Um, but let me, let, me, let me ask you a question that just, just to sort of test your self-awareness, all right? Because um, what's your pattern? Because we all have a pattern, all right? And when, and when, I, when, when I say your pattern, um, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking, how do you normally get attention? What usually goes wrong, right? Why doesn't it last, right? Um, and how do you handle the breakup? What's your pattern? Um, I've been told that I'm dominant. And I think it's because of my business ethic that I have, being that I had, at the time, I had my own business that I owned. So, of course, I was a breadwinner and I made an astronomical amount of money. Um, it wasn't that I used it as an advantage towards others that didn't make as much as me. It's just that I had that high, strong uh, energy. And anything that you tell me in a, in a different situation, I could snap. You know, it's like, if you're there complaining about watching TV all day when I've been working tirelessly for 15 hours, then I don't want to hear that, you know, because that's not that's not a problem. That's a luxury. So that's how it goes wrong when I actually voice out the truth. Hmm. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. So so it tends to go left <laughs> when you when you become a bit more assertive about certain things or certain behaviors and patterns. Um, so, so let me ask you this. Would you say that in the beginning, you send a false impression? Uh, yes, hmm. say yes. I say, yeah. I, 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 that's good. So tell me, what's the false impression that you send in the beginning? Be honest, come on. That I'm a wonderful, amazing, charismatic, uh, innocent person. <laughs> Only, uh, only for them to discover what? That I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> Listen, Majana, I, I, I love you already. I, I, I love your honesty. No, listen, this, this, this is to, to me, honesty is always the beginning to freedom, right? This is how we get better. And, and I love the fact that you can own it and say, yes, Dr. Sean, in the beginning, I want them to believe that I'll just take everything and I just love. And then somewhere in the middle, they, I, the real me comes out and I just can't put up with it anymore. So, 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 so go ahead, go ahead. That's absolutely, that's absolutely the truth. Um, and I think that's where I have to find the connection when it comes to relationships. Like, I don't want to be the one that's always the aggressor. I want to be the one that's, um, able to take in constructive criticism and to to understand how to to be along to and to get along. You know, I don't want to keep falling down the same pattern or the same rabbit hole. I want to be able to own up to what's going on with the situation in order to be better going forward. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what's interesting about that? I have to take this break. You know, what's interesting about it is that and and just and just let this settle into your spirit because a part of the reasons why we send out false messages in the beginning of relationships happens to be because some parts of us feel like we need the relationship. So we perform, we perform, right? We perform, we put on airs so that we can win someone. See, when you don't feel like you need to win someone, you also don't feel the need to perform. People who are strong alone and validated by themselves, right? They don't care if you leave or stay. <laughs> you, you, know, right. you, you ain't got to stay. I'm going to be fine. See, what we're going to do after this break is we're, you, you and I are going to do some work because what we're going to work on getting you to the place where you understand that a relationship isn't what you think it is in your head because the person you're dealing with is just another human being. And they just Absolutely. they just as flawed as you are. Let's take this break, okay? We got some work to do, but we're making progress, people, okay? We'll be right back right after this. I'm talking to my sister Rajana. Rajana, listen, I, I was thinking about you over the break, and um, one of the things I know for sure is that we tend, and when I say we, I mean everybody, every all human beings do this. We we tend to engage in duplicity or falsehood when we are needy or when we are desperate, right? Or when we feel like right. when we feel like we're about to lose something. And so and so right. Yeah, exactly. So so what what I'm putting together is sort of how you manifest in the beginning of a relationship. I'm connecting that to who you are before you even find a relationship. 
which, which, which makes right. me, which, which makes me ask you this question. Um, so, so when, when you were growing up and again, I don't want to talk about anybody particular in your family, but when you were growing up, generally speaking, did you get a lot of affection? Um, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now your, your face just changed a little bit. I just, I just noticed your face. So when, when you said that, what did you, what, 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 what happened when you just said that? It was a thought process going through it mentally, just trying to figure out or not really figure out, but just going back into the reflection of me growing up mm-hmm. as a child and, you know, everything that I have gone through in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it definitely does pull a lot out. Mm-hmm. And so and so you growing up, uh, you didn't get a lot of effect. But, but let's put it this way. You didn't get all the affection you wanted, I'm sure. And you probably didn't get all the affection you deserved. Is that fair? That is absolutely correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I see it in your face. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. So, so tell me what you think that did to you. I think it put a damper on me in such a way to where I remember when I was in high school, um, I just put myself in a situation to try to pull attention by trying to drop out of school. And I wanted someone to say so bad, hey, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're amazing. You can succeed. You know, you're going to be somewhere someday. But no one cared. Mm. Mm. And, and, when, and when you so, said, go, go ahead, finish. So all after that, um, when I had my daughter, I felt like if I didn't go in and try to succeed or to hurry up and get myself into like a GED program, you know, so that I can go forward and she would fall down the same pattern that I was in. And I I never wanted her to question anything about my life that was something that was negative. So that going forward for herself, she could see nothing but positive and amazing things from me. So I made the change. I got myself up and I put myself back in school so I can make a difference for my child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, well done as it relates to that, right? Well done. But, but but here's the irony, though, is that is that you can be a hero and still be a wounded child at the same time. And I think I think. I th- yeah. And, I, and I, I think that's that that sort of speaks to your moment. Here's what I mean by that. You did those things to sort of pull yourself up and to set a different example. But you also carried the profound disappointment of no because you said something very profound and then you just went right past it. No one cared. No one cared enough to stop you. No one cared enough to tell you not to do it. That, that, that's a big deal. That's, that's not a small thing. And then you take that little girl, right, who couldn't find someone who cared enough to say, don't do this. And now you put her in scenarios with men, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's still trying to find someone who will say whatever she needs to hear to believe that they care. To believe that they want to yeah. have the family, who, who, to believe that they want to be there. Am, am, am I am I cooking with high grease? I'm, I'm burning up, my feet popping and jumping now. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> and so and so again, that's how we end up in these situations, right? Where we are seeking validation and needing validation, right? And it has nothing to do with the person we're trying to get the validation from. Most of the time. We're trying to heal something that happened a long time ago, a long time ago. All right. So let, let's 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 do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, hmm. What do you really want? Like what what do you read? Hold on, hold on, hold on before you answer, before you answer, before you answer, before you answer, before you answer. I don't want this answer to come from your head. All right. I, I, I really want it to come from your heart. What do you really want life to give you? If, if, if I had the power to give you, and God gave me the power, he says, Dr. Sean, you have the power to give Rojana whatever she wants in life. What, what would you like me to bestow upon you from life? For me, I want complete happiness. You know, I really want that, that togetherness as a family. It's like, just as you stated, from childhood, it is something that you do miss out on if it's not given being or I'll just say if I felt like I didn't receive it when I don't think we think about the things that we do deserve or the things that do, we do receive as children growing up 
And although the attention was there, it's just that I didn't see it myself. So I'll take responsibility on that end for myself to say that, you know, that was selfish of me to say that I didn't receive the love that was there. It was presented in a different way to me, but I think it's the way that I took it as a child. So if I had anything in this world that I can get, I just want that affection. And, and you know, um, because, because because affection, you believe affection will do what for you? Um, I think when you have that affection, you tend to pull in the appreciation that goes along with the love that's given. Um, it definitely changes your mood, your mindset, um, how you feel as a person, your, your daily habits, your daily go around. Just to have someone to get up and say, I love you, you're appreciated, you know. You're amazing. Um, see, see, I'll, I'll see, tell you this. Wait, 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 also, hold on one second. I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting not to be rude, uh, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually running out of time. See, to me, that's your job. See, all, all, all the things that you just said, that's not, that's not his job, right? Um, it, that's your job. Those are the things that have to come out of your mouth. Um, because if they don't come out of your mouth, you're not going to believe it when he says it anyway, right? Because... He can, he can say it a thousand times, but if you've never heard you say it, then it's never going to sound like the truth. All the, all the validation and the affection someone gives you should only be there to confirm the affection and the validation that you give yourself. See, what I'm saying to you is this, and I, people come on the show all the time, and, and, and we start having an honest conversation, right? And then, and, th and then they start to realize that they've said some things and they, oh, let me clean this up, let me clean this up, let me clean this And, and you kind of just did that. You know, my family offered it, but I wasn't able to. I get it, I understand, because I, I understand. But what, but what, I want you to understand, what, what I want you to get from this is this. You don't have to explain your experience to anybody. It was your experience. Whether they offered it or whether you could receive it, it was your experience. What you have to do tonight, from, from this night forward, what you have to do is be committed to giving yourself what other people in your life either didn't give you or what you couldn't realize they were giving. And until you do that, no matter who you find, no matter how fine he is, how much money he's gotten, it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. You follow me? Because external yeah. validation never feeds the soul. External validation never feeds the soul. Say it again, Dr. Sean. External validation never feeds the soul. What, what feeds the soul is what comes out of your mouth. So here it is. Give me three things you love about yourself real quick. Go. Three things you love about yourself. I'm going to be a courageous person. Um, I'm adamant and I'm one of a kind. You're one of a kind. Now, here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that you find the courage the courage, you said you were courageous, that you find the courage to learn how to walk alone for a season, to learn how to sit alone for a season, to learn how to be okay with eating alone, going to the movies alone, because it's only in that place that you will attract the kind of man that you deserve. As long as you're looking for validation and trying to heal something, you're going to attract men who will either take advantage of that or men who aren't strong enough to live up to your expectations. But when you come into the relationship healed, when you come into the relationship centered and grounded, you attract people who are also that way. So I, my, my, my advice to you is for you to find the courage to say that this fantasy I had in my head about what a relationship means and can be, it's not real. It's not real. It's never gonna give me what I think it will. What I need to do is to learn how to affirm myself. And in affirming myself, I will attract the men huh, that I need in my life and I won't need them to validate me because I would have done that work already. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I'm out of time, but thank you for coming on tonight, okay? Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Listen, everybody, I got to take a break. When we come back, um, I'm going to say more about this. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. We got some more for you. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Life is not easy. Dating's not easy. You just saw that, right? Life is full of twists and turns and stresses and changes and grief and moments. Moments, moments, moments where we have to just twist and turn. Uh, you know, uh, moments where we feel like we're, we're taking a few steps back. 
That's how life works. It's important to show up for yourself through the struggles that life can bring. See, BetterHelp Online Therapy is here for the twists and the turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy is important. I believe in it. I tell people to get it all the time. What I like about BetterHelp is that it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional therapy scenario done securely online, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as is the case with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional online therapy and financial aid is always available. So look, BetterHelp, that's better H-E-L-P, is a great way for you to show up for yourself and to invest in your own well-being because you deserve some inner peace. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily and visit, visit rather, BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash Sean. That's BetterHelp, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge over their mental health with help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And if you watch this show, I have a very special offer just for you. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Sean. Because I love you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So, um, you know, my guest tonight is in an interesting position. And, and one of the things that I'm, I'm fascinated about um, is how we use relationships to achieve things that relationships can't do. You know, be very careful when you, before you get in a relationship that you understand that Another human being can only do so much. There's certain things that only your God can do and only you can do for yourself. And validation has to be, has, happens to be one of them. We all want a sense of family, but don't load up family with so much that you believe that it is miraculously able to do these miraculous things. No, it's just people, okay? Anyway, let's do some, uh, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean people. Play the bumper, highly. You guys always send me amazing videos, and this one is no different. Let's take a look at this one together. Hey, Dr. Sean, I'm Star. And I'm Shay. And we're the one twins. And as twins, I like to dress alike. And I like to dress different. As twins, what do you think is a good balance? Okay, play that again. <laughs> play it again. Hey, Dr. Sean, I'm Star. And I'm Shay. And we're the one twins. And as twins, I like to dress alike. And I like to dress different. As twins, what do you think is a good balance? A good balance for what? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> what is a good balance for what? A good balance. I'm confused by this question. I am confused by this question. I don't know what you're asking me. Okay? I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Wearing the same clothes or different clothes? I, listen, I, how old are y'all? <laughs> maybe that should determine it how how old are you people because <laughs> at a certain point I, I my nephews my nephews are are twins um and so you know they dressed alike you know when they were kids but at a certain point you kind of go you know you're too old to be dressed alike uh, it's, it's about you know taking on another stage and another step you know i i, I think i think part of what because I, I helped raise my nephews, so I was very much a, a part of, you know, their lives and their formation. And I think a part of what we were trying to do, that is their mom and, 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 and their grandparents and me, and then eventually their dad, you know, came back into their lives. Um, what we were trying to do is create a sense of closeness and connection because we think that twins ought to be, you know, connected and have this special relationship. So we did it with clothes, right? To sort of send these implicit messages. But at a certain point, that work is done. At a certain point... T twins siblings have to decide if that connection is real or not and it can't be embodied in clothes right it can't be embodied in identical fashion statements at some point it has to be deeper than what you have on and if if your relationship is deeper and 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 you have a true genuine connection and love for each other 
than putting on airs and sort of, you know, people can look at you and tell you're twins, right? You don't need to do that. And I pray that you two will get to the place where you don't really need to do that anymore. You don't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't do anything for you. If you decide to do it, it's fine, but you don't need to do it because you don't need to send this sort of fashion message to the world that you're connected to your sister because you're actually connected to your sister. And when you have that confirmation in you, you don't need your clothes to be a proxy for that. And that's true for all your relationships, by the way. When your relationships are real and substantive and true and you're genuinely connected, you don't need the, the metaphors and the trinkets to sort of make it real to you or to, the other, or, or to other people in the world. You know the truth. As long as you know the truth, let that be enough for you. Okay? Yeah. I think I got that right. <laughs> someone, someone DM me this question. I have two sons by two different men. My oldest son's father wants to take him to Disney World, but I, think it's, I don't think it's fair that one child should go on the trip and not the other. Is there anything wrong with me asking my oldest son's father to take my younger son on the trip with them as long as I pay for his travel expenses? Uh, interesting question. Um, I think it really depends on how old the kids are, okay? Um, if we're talking about teenagers, then I don't think it's, 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 it's necessarily necessary because uh, they can process the world a little differently than someone who is, you know, five or six years old, right? Someone who's nine years old. If you're talking about younger uh, kids who are between nine, you know, five to nine to ten, um, then I understand the concern to make sure that they have equal experiences and that they are, you know, um, that one is not feeling the loss or the absence of his father um, uh, more than the other. I, I, I get that. Uh, I don't think it's wrong for you to want your younger son to have the experience as well. Um, but I think this is a conversation that you need to have with the father of your oldest son. Okay. And that conversation can't just be, I want you to take the younger kid with you. It can't just be that because he's not going to get that. Right. He's going to, that's not my kid. Right. And depending on how he feels about the fact that, you know, you have this other kid with this other guy that could open a whole, what you need to say to him is I'm trying to make sure that these two brothers, right, because your older son and younger son are brothers, different dads, but they're brothers. I'm trying to make sure that as brothers, they maintain a, 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 a competent and comparable experience, that one does not have excessive joys and excessive sense of security and love, and the other one does not. See, I, I think you need to make sure that your older son's father understands what this could do to the younger son. And when you think it does to the younger son, it will affect the older son as well. See, when it's all said and done, you know, we can't protect our kids from the decisions that we've made, right? Because these boys didn't ask to be here and they didn't ask to be born into the scenario of having different dads and all that. And I'm not blaming you for that either. I'm just saying that when it's all said and done, we have to take responsibility for the decisions that we made as parents. And I hope that the older son's dad will allow the younger son, you know, to go. But in the event that he doesn't, in the event that he doesn't, what you need to do is have a conversation with your younger son and to help him understand that one trip, one outing, one event does not make a life, right? That the inability to do something one time or the inability to participate in something does not mean that he's diminished in any way. You see, there's a lot of work to be done here, and it's really not just about the trip. Because if the truth be told, if you had spent your time building up your sons and making them strong in the ways of, of being secure and knowing that they are loved and affirmed, then one trip would not break them. And maybe that's true for all of us who are parents. Maybe all of us who are parents have to realize that we have to do the work of building up our children before they get into scenarios like this. So that when they have to deal with disappointment or deal with complexity, they're strong enough to handle it. And that's, just, that's not just my advice to the person who sent me this, this, this email. That's, that's a direct message. That's my advice to all of us who are parents, is to make sure that we are building our children to be able to handle disappointment and to be able to handle uh, rejection. Because it's coming. 
and we have a responsibility to make sure that they're strong enough to stand under that weight. You feel me? Because if we don't do that, then we haven't done our job. So you can ask him, and I hope he says yes, but you might want to explain to him what it means to you and not just make a request. And if he says no, then you have to have a conversation with your youngest son so that your youngest son understands that one event does not make a life, okay? He, he, he'll be fine. He's still loved. He still has a brother and he still has you. All right, so someone emailed me this question. My 10-year wedding anniversary is coming up and my husband and I don't have much money when we didn't have much money, rather, when we got married and we, don't, and we didn't have a honeymoon. I recently planned a two-week vacation to Europe for us, but my husband refuses to go. He has become a homeboy since the pandemic. Homebody. <laughs> homeboy. Homebody, thank you, since the pandemic. And I basically have to beg the man to leave the house. Would it be wrong if I took my best friend on the trip instead? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if he don't want to go, don't take him. You know what I'm saying, two, three? You, if he don't want to go, don't take him. I'm not, listen, I'm at a place in my life where I ain't making nobody do nothing. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. I'm fine. I, look, I, look, I don't think you're wrong to take your best friend. Now, you should ask him, okay? Make sure you ask him so you can say you asked. Matter of fact, ask him three times so you can say I asked you three times. <laughs> And if he decides not, he decides rather not to go, then, you know, then take your best friend and enjoy yourself. But don't put off your joy because your husband has joy on the couch. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I enjoyed all of this. Remember, relationships are just relationships. They're not, you know, heaven. All right. Everybody's got some hell in them, no matter how beautiful they are. So when you connect with somebody, you connect with heaven and hell. All right. Y'all be good to each other because you know what? I love you. <laughs> How about that? Welcome to Quick Trip. How can I help you? Why don't you ask him? It's my turn to bring snacks for our class bake sale. And? I just told Mama about it five minutes ago. No problem. We've got fresh donuts. Oh, thank you. Next thing he's going to tell me, it's our turn to bring the drinks to soccer practice. <laughs> Steven? It's our turn to bring drinks to soccer practice. We've got Gatorade, Powerade, water, you name it. Thank this nice gentleman for saving your life. Any reason's a good reason for Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station. At Baker's, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com boost.